definitely want to do zombie Jesus. I already have one zombie Jesus. Uh, I've already got, I think you can even stack the adjectives. So, you know, you could have like min zombie miniature Jesus. zombie Jesus or something like or that. Sexy zombie Jesus. That, that would be an interesting one, yes. <laughs> zombie is technically a noun. So, would it count as a, an adjective? Um, yes. How sure are you? I'm sure that if they were going to go into the realm of nouns as adjectives, zombie would definitely be on the list. Well, yes, nouns as adjectives, if... I mean, that's a big if, though. If... If it, it just hit better. It's got to. I need it. Oh, you're recording. <laughs> <laughs> I see some amazing Jedi today. We've got lightsabers, robes, I don't know, some sort of insignia of some kind. Bizarre hair. Awesome hair. It's, hair, it's really quite something. I, do like that if I, was I don't think there are enough people wearing crazy costumes here this year, unless I just haven't seen them yet. I think the costumed folk come a little bit later. It takes yeah. time to get looking good in the morning. Is this considered good? Costumes? Well, I mean, the, the good costumes, yeah. Because, I mean, these are all the, like, I just rolled out of bed folk that we're standing with. Sure. So, initial thoughts, predictions, comments for the, you know, good of anyone who dares listen to this? Uh, I'm going to fall asleep at some point today. I, I didn't go to bed last night. Long night at work. People that wear cat ears make me angry in like a violent way. I, there's a girl in, in one of the enforcer costumes with cat ears and I want to kind of slap her. Just, I don't know why, it's just this Kelly irrational should... rage that... Uh, I think Kelly and I should freestyle rap to the Gorilla song. Windmill, windmill... <laughs> That wasn't freestyle rap. Well, we have to get to that part. It's not gonna I happen, guys. In like five seconds. I wouldn't stay tuned. Melissa's Secret Podcast, part one. Standing here in the infamous two booth, watching Luke totally geek out. He's uh, watching people play the game because, well, we weren't quite first in line, so didn't make it to uh, be the very first ones to play. My impressions, uh, it's shiny. Uh, they've, they've improved the look of this game considerably from the last game, actually. I'm a little surprised, shocked even, at how, uh, how good it looks. This is a good-looking game. Behind me, we've got some Killzone 3, I see, and uh, doesn't look like anybody's playing that yet. I can't tell if it's because they won't let people or because people aren't interested, which is shocking. So I don't know what that deal is. Got some Little Big Planet 2 and some stuffed. Uh, oh, we got Sackboy plushies. They are $10 and $20, respectively, for the small and the large. Very attractive. Um, opportunity to play some Little Big Planet 2, which could be kind of fun. So far, Sony's got a nice setup here. Um, 
I'm talking to myself. So, Luke, I don't know how much of this you're actually going to use, but uh, first impressions, games are pretty in this corner, which is good. So what did you boys think of the game? Infamous 2 looks amazing, especially compared to Infamous 1, just graphically. Um, I fought a helicopter and I killed it. I killed it by throwing cars at it. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I just launched a, a, one of those vortex things. Made it go explode. I then killed people for no reason because the demo wanted me to. Yeah, it was good. Fair enough. Where to next, boys? Gran Turismo 5. GT5, is it everything you hoped it would be? Um, no, because the chase camera is still broken and uh, the physics are still not as good as our factor. Oh well. Okay, Kelly, what game did you just play? Uh, nailed. And how fast is your time? 5 minutes, 11 seconds, 11.98 seconds. And how long do you think your time will last in today's competition? Uh, about 10 more minutes. <laughs> Excellent. We'll check back later and see if Kelly's still on top. So, Melissa, how would you feel about wearing that crazy blue suit? For what purpose? Halloween. Um, Just to make your husband happy. We'll get to that one later. <laughs> I, uh, honestly, I, I don't imagine it would be very comfortable. Okay, so not a good Halloween. Okay, we should describe this as the... Uh, Samus's Samus, this, the Metroid Samus blue suit, the the one that she wears underneath the big clunky orange thing. It's a skin tight, probably latex latex looking suit. So not a good Halloween costume. No, it'd be cool. They don't have someone in it. Eh. What about to make your husband happy? I'll answer your question if you turn off the recorder. <laughs> Ooh, bye. how many of these I can figure out and keep numbered. So far, I have yet to play anything. There's been a lot of really pretty games and even some games that looked kind of fun. Actually, I take it back. Luke and I played one level of Elo and Milo, which was cute. But, yeah, so far it's not been real Melissa friendly. Either games don't look fun or they look too hard or the line's really long. And at some point, I'll give you an update when I actually play some things, see how this is going. So, lunchtime recap, guys. Highlights of the morning? I'm stuffed. And you played Hydrophobia? I played Hydrophobia, that was neat. Yeah? Tell us more. It's a game for... <laughs> Apparently it's coming out on the PS3, which I didn't know. Um, but it's kind of an adventure survival game where you're in this big... Uh, floating city that has come under attack from some crazy cultists who are slowly sinking it, trying to reduce the world's population, and uh, you're an engineer trying to survive and save people. Oh, that makes sense. So they're trying to reduce the world's population? I was wondering, because they're called the Malthusians, Yeah. and I was like, huh, I wonder why they picked that. I don't it makes sense. Luke, you also played Hydrophobia for quite a long time. I'm a little surprised at how long you sat there. What did you think of it? I thought the British man demoing it was an amazing fellow. I think I just kept playing because I liked hearing him talk. 
This man was adorable. Every time Luke would get a combo, he would be really excited and explain what combo Luke had gotten. You know, you stunned the guy and you drowned him and... You lit him on fire and... You lit him on fire and exploded him all at the same the time. you lit him on fire and drowned him at the same time is pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty amazing. That's a lot of skill at killing people. Yeah. Apparently. But so, my real, for you. my real highlight was playing uh, iRacing, which is a crazy PC sim for people that like racing. And I was good. And that's all I have to say about that. Now, how, how would people know that you were good? At a glance, a casual observer would know that you were good. And how would that be? I never spun the car. I never crashed into anything. I got better every lap. <laughs> and the guy let him race on the road circuit rather than the stupid oval and Luke got to pick a silly Formula 2000 car rather than having to drive the NASCAR Ford or whatever it was. Yeah, one of the guys from the other booth walked over and he kind of looked at us like, what are you guys doing over here? Because I guess they probably didn't plan to do anything other than the road or the ovals. And the other guy's like, oh no, it's okay. He knows what he's doing. So yeah, I'd like street cred. Excellent. So it sounds like it's been a good morning so far. What's on the afternoon schedule? Some seminars and, and stuff. We're going to go see some Rage demo here. And uh, I've got a writing seminar I want to go see because I'm into that kind of thing. And yeah. Excellent. Luke, what's, what's on your docket? The Rage demo as well, which we're waiting in line for. And then this evening, the Giant Bombcast because it's Tuesday. And apparently it's, it's Tuesday. All right, having fallen through a uh, wormhole in the space-time continuum, we're going to sign off for now, but we'll be back. See you then. PAX, day two, waiting in the morning line. What are you most excited for today? Uh, looking at the rest of the expo hall. We didn't get to go look at EA or any of the other people on the far right. So now that I've got my energy back, we will go rock that area today. Plan of attack? Um, shove over all the little nerds in the way and just rush there. All right, everybody stay tuned for your evening news when uh, Luke will be making a featured appearance as tonight's top story. Having played, by my count, five racing games in two days, which one's the best? iRacing by a long shot. Um, Need for Speed is a lot like Burnout Paradise, which makes sense because it's made by the same people. And F1 2001, or 2010, uh, I own 2001 at home, um, is good and fun, but doesn't look that pretty. Fair enough. The boys are about to try a new piece of technology that I think sounds terrible and they're very excited about. So That's what people said about, uh, what, what was the it? Power no, not the power glove. The, the rumble feedback on I know. back when the Nintendo 64 first got it. it was, I'm just trolling. Yes, you are. So, so what is this thing you're going to try, Kelly? It's a, uh, it's a force feedback vest. It basically gives you the impression that you're getting riddled with bullets when they hit your character in the game. So, it, so when we combine this force feedback vest with the motion controllers, you're basically going to have to become a special ops person in order to be good enough to play special ops games. Is that what I'm understanding? No, there's still no physical requirements. It's just, you know, other than having two working hands. But uh, it might, I think it's just kind of awesome that you'll get, you know, I don't know. It, it, it immerses you just a little bit more. Well, we're waiting in line here for a little bit till these guys are finished. Then the boys are going to give these things a shot. And I'll check back with them, see how many bruises they have a little bit later. 
So what did you think? I think that thing is really gimmicky. I mean, exceptionally, like, it, so, I, like, it just pokes you in the chest. It doesn't rumble. It's actually like a physical solenoid that, like, pushes against your body. Um, I was expecting it more to be rumbly, but it's not. Fair enough. Job. Most update number three. I've officially played a game. A connect game. A, a connect game. It is just as weird as I thought it would be. This whole motion control thing. I, I played Dance Central, which was uh, really quite fun. I, I can see it uh, being something I would enjoy almost as much as SingStar. I say almost because no one else would ever play with me. Your ever. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I danced to a song I've never heard in my entire life in a room full of people watching me. Because I, I didn't realize this at the time, but when I turned around at the end of the song, there were about twice as many people watching as when I started. She did a really good job. So I just there found you Waldo. Go. Yeah. I just found Waldo. Excellent. Where is Waldo? Right there. Nice. Waldo has a cap on and everything. So yeah, that's Melissa update number three. I'll check back with you later once I've caught my breath. Luke's new fun game, taking pictures of the costumed ladies and the random nerds standing next to them. Melissa update number four. There's like an unspoken competition between costumed women. Uh, like whose costume gets the most attention. Now, not the employed models, I mean, but the, the, the girls who came in costume. It's, there's a, a certain segment who they, they want to have their pictures taken. They have poses all picked out, and they're they're very much ready to go. But I saw these two girls. Uh, a couple of them had just gotten their picture taken, and one more in a costume was like standing in the crowd waiting to get by the ones getting their picture taken. And the glares between them was well fascinating, first of all, and made me realize that if I ever did want to come in costume. I wouldn't be going for one of the cutesy, sexy ones. B, I would want it to be absolutely fantastic so that any glaring was genuinely warranted and not just annoying. And C, it would probably be the worst day ever because I would be stuck, you know, getting my picture taken by all these weird people and that doesn't sound like fun. So yeah, no costumes for me, I think. Ooh, but I just saw a little Big Planet t-shirt and I'm gonna go see if I can score one of those. amazing they improved a lot of the jumping mechanics I just like the looks of it and it's really creative like that whole inverted gravity zero-g thing was amazing yeah they had these little vehicles that every time you push the jump button it would it would reverse your personal gravity and it so it, would, it made just puzzling was great I'm really looking forward to number two as always when playing four-player I got confused about who I was and died immediately but it was fun and now we all have little Sackboy t-shirts and we're gonna be super cute. You know what we should do for you when you're playing? We could get you like a really glowy character in a really bright yes. color, like bright pink or something. Then we, and then you'd always be able to keep track of yourself. I do like the, the awesome bright colors. Also, I've seen at least 12 people, no, 12 men in Utilikilt today. I think that's a new record. And on that note, we'll talk to you later. Wait, who needs a what? Melissa, update number five. Rules for Q&A during panel discussions. Well, guidelines anyway to avoid annoying everyone in the room. Rule number one, 
ask your question quickly. Don't tell weird and annoying stories to make the panelists laugh, because generally it doesn't. Rule number two, don't ask a question you could find the answer to on Wikipedia, because everyone in the room already knows, and the guy answering the question is going to be annoyed. And most importantly, rule number three, you only get one question, no follow-ups. If you have a question that needs a follow-up, ask it in person. There are people behind you in line who want to get a chance to ask their questions and they don't want time called because you tried to ask six questions. One only, people. Seriously. All right, boys, afternoon update time. Most interesting thing you've seen, heard, or thought about? Or thought about? Well, sure, we just went to a panel. You might have heard something that made you think in the panel. I think Garnet Lee is crazy for liking Jensen Button. <laughs> uh, I'm disappointed in all the audience at that show because uh, they didn't love Premonition, Deadly Premonition, as much as I did. I think it was bad, and you knew it was bad. It was you good. You like it because it's bad. I like it because it's amazing. It's not amazing. It is amazing. What's amazing about that game? It's got the bad English, crazy the atmosphere. bad controls. It's intentional badness. That doesn't make it good. That's like saying yeah, Snakes on a Plane is a fantastic movie. <laughs> it is a fantastic movie. <laughs> so Kelly just has a bad opinion of things. No. I'm, I'm a proper horror game fan because we don't care about the mechanics of the game. We know it's supposed to be crap. That's why you like tank controls in Resident Evil? Yes. <laughs> I'm trolling hard today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, Deadly Premonition had horrible gameplay, but it's not a... It's, it's, the reason horrible gameplay is important in horror games is because it makes you feel like you're weak. It makes you feel like your character is in a situation where they are the lesser being, basically. Where, you know, if, if you... Like, with all the Silent Hill games, it's like this, this struggle to, to get your weak little character to do, you know, simple, like beatdowns with a stick or something, and it's important because your character is literally just some poor schmuck off the street with no combat training of any kind. Okay, but you liked Dead Space, and that is good controls, good gameplay, good mechanics, and it's still scary. Why, why do we need to stick with the bad controls to make it good? There's different types of games. Like, like they said at the panel, you know, not every game has to play the same as every other game. And but you're, you're proposing that we allow it to remain bad so that it makes it more terrifying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Melissa, what's your what's your answer to this question? My answer to this question, I was really interested in the discussion. I like listening to the intelligent panels talk. Uh, I do. I think it's interesting to hear people talking about stuff and and twice now in two days we've heard people talking about the size of packs and is it is it becoming too big? Is it becoming too commercialized? Is it losing? That community feeling, and I feel like we're gonna put this on pause and come right back to you. Sorry, we're back. When you're in the middle of a restaurant, sometimes you have to pause for things. Sure, sure. That's all I'm saying. I was talking about the fact people are asking whether or not PAX is too big, and I, I thought they brought up some good points. That how many people are here this year? I've heard number of 75,000 people. Yeah, if they were to scale that back by like 25,000 people, I think... That'd be how big it was two years ago, but they've also added more floor space, so it kind of evens out. 
Not not with the popular panels though. Like they're still popular panels are still restricted in size and people. But I don't know if you remember last year, but we spent forever waiting for things last year. This year it hasn't been as bad, I don't think. You're also not you're not super motivated to wait for these well, shows by popular need to, games. Because they've they've added so much space and they've moved the really big stuff to a different site. So it's allowed you know, the, the, the smaller mid-range things to have the big spaces from last year. No, I meant that you have no desire to wait for Duke Nukem Forever, ah, which is yeah. the line at the panels more. But people are, people are probably skipping panels to wait three hours for Duke Nukem. I'm actually furious with EA because last time there was a Dead Space game, they had it kind of hidden away in this enclosed booth. And the reason they do that is because it makes it scarier. You're in this dark space. You're playing a game you haven't actually seen before, you know you don't know what's coming. So that's the atmosphere is great, but what it does is it causes you to you can't watch other people play it. You can't just appreciate like watching someone else play it, and you have to stand in the big lines like the Duke Nukem Forever. So I, you know it's a game I'd love to play, but, and they, but you know Dead Space 2 I can't. It, I'd literally have to wait for like an hour and a half, and I just don't want to stand around for it. So. So you'd rather more of like what what, uh, what? people oh, like fear. Fear yeah. three or whatever it is is like out in the open, yeah. in the middle of everything. Yeah, so you can you don't necessarily have to play it, but you can see it in action. You can see other people playing it. So maybe maybe you don't get to hands hands on with it, but you get to see what that is like. I think Portal Two has struck a nice balance that way with the big and small. They got the big flashy booth really attracting attention. They've got the closed off playing area, so there is quite a long line for Portal Two if you want to play it. But they also have a huge screen off of one end of their booth where I stood and watched a little bit of Portal. Today, I, I didn't really understand what was going on, but that's normal. I um, think one of the people that's done a really good job is the Bethesda guys with Fallout 3, or no, Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. There might be 20, 25 kiosks. Like, they have so many there that it, it causes the line not to be so big. And if you really want to play it, you might only have to wait 15 minutes. So how do you feel, though, about the big, flashy corporate booths at PAX, as opposed to what everybody seems to remember as the community gaming feel of bygone years. I'm okay with the size and the grandeur of it as long as they've got enough kiosks. I think the biggest thing that a publisher can do to make people happy is to just bring a lot of systems. I mean, it doesn't really cost them that much. They already have these built and they use them year round for other shows. So just make sure that you've got enough. I mean, we played, uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff in the Sony booth today was pretty pretty easy access because they had yeah, enough got, stuff set up. We got to play Little Big Planet within five minutes of walking up. Yeah. 3D Gran Turismo 5, you played Pacific Rift, you played Pad Upon 3. And yeah. We didn't have to wait very long to play the things we want. Yesterday we were like second or third in line for Infamous 2. I mean, it's been really yeah, good. Yeah, there were crowds handling. around these things. It wasn't like we were the only people standing there. So it was just quick. They, they, they had something figured out. So you're okay with the idea of PAX kind of becoming the, the everyman's E3? It already is. I think that's exactly what this has become, and it's good, but publishers need to remember that there are a lot of people that want to play these high-profile games. Thousands. And they need to ensure that they can play it without sacrificing something else. But what about that, you know, community gameplay spirit? I it's grown. I think, as they've mentioned in the last panel, there's more board game space now than ever. There's more indie game space now than ever. I mean, one of the questions that was asked was whether or not there were any small, short, awesome-lined games that people could go try. Nobody mentioned it, but Hydrophobia hits that nail on the head. That was a really fun, small-budget game that we basically walked up and played for 
15, 15 20 minutes. minutes. You guys were there forever yesterday. Yeah, and, and it was again, fun was and relaxed. Really, yeah, and, yeah. The, the gentleman that was there explaining things was very helpful. It was a gem. Yeah, he was he was he was really excited that that we were excited about his game and, and he wanted us to have as much fun as possible with it. So, but instead, people are waiting for an hour to go play Rock Band Three, which is just like Rock Band Two. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't, isn't Rock Band in two places? At least. It's yeah. in EA's thing, it's in... The, the Harmonics thing. I mean, because yeah. where we played Just Dance, the other side of that is Rock Band. So part of the trick with PAX is figuring out if the game you want is in multiple locations, where can you go to get a short line for the game? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you can certainly play Rock Band. You can certainly you can play Just Dance with the Connect, or you can wait in the big line and play Just Dance with the Wii. Yeah. Um, you know... You found with iRacing, there's a couple of different places to... I mean, granted, there's never a long line for iRacing because everybody gets fed up and jumps out of the chair immediately. I would like to say for the record that Kelly blew my mind today with his driving skill and Melissa was a good sport and did well herself. Yeah, and we spun the car, what, like six times in one lap? Twice. In okay. three laps. <laughs> yeah, no. You, you did a good did job. Yeah, Thanks. Job. They, they put me on the, the nice straight oval. Yeah. The whole paddle shifter thing was a little bit of a challenge, but... Uh, we should put a paddle shifter in your Subaru. Oh my gosh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Amazing. That car makes... put one in the I would, I would never know when to shift. That car makes such horrible noises. <laughs> I cannot figure out what is happening to my car. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, well, we are getting ready to eat some dinner, so we won't chew into the microphone, but we will be back later with more observations, insights, and uh, hopefully entertaining conversation. That is, if you're still listening. PAX, day three. We've got a short line here for Dead Space, but just enough time for you to tell me the one thing you're you're really excited about for day three. Luke? Um, shorter lines. I, I think a lot of people have burnt themselves out either by staying up too late or catching too many viruses. So I'm hoping that it won't be as long to wait for things like Super Scribble Knots. Plus, everybody who hasn't waited in line yet is going to be in the Duke Nukem Forever line today, so we should be good. Yeah, we've been in this room for two minutes, and it already looks like the line is two hours long. Yeah. Good luck to everybody in line. Kelly, what are you excited for? Yeah, I, want, I want to kill some shit. Yep. That's what I'm excited for. I'm, I'm excited we got in this line fast enough to get through it in a reasonable amount of time. That's what... Because typically that's not possible here. Kelly's like the sixth person in line here for Dead Space 2, so he is pretty excited. We are now watching guys play Dead Space and kill stuff, which is kind of fun. But, uh, well, I'm going to interview Kelly later and ask him what he thinks of it, because right now I still don't know what's going on. I'm going to try and figure it out, and I'll get back to you. Luke has his racing macho up right now. There's a contest to win a Forza 3 play seat. Terrible racing. 
two seconds. I think he can do it. The guys standing there think he can do it. And I think they really want him to do it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's quite surprising. The iRacing guy was standing there watching you. Was he really? Yeah. And he had kind of the same look on his face that I had on mine. The, do it. Do it. Hit the apex. Hit the apex. You can do it. So Luke's going to try again later in the day. And I'll see if I can bring you some good commentary or at least a good interview with him after that. If I win this seat, do I have to carry it out of here? That thing looks heavy. I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to carry it. I'll make Kelly do it. That'll be his gas money. <laughs> like, here, carry this 400-pound chair out to the car. <laughs> Excellent. Stay tuned for that. For the record, Luke, what is your current time in Forza? 108.7, which is three-tenths faster than anybody else. Woohoo! But, but... You get, three, you get three laps, right? So the first lap doesn't really count because it's from a standing start. You never have any hope of beating it. On my second lap, I beat it. Then Kelly leans over my shoulder and goes, boom, you got it, son, or something like that as I'm breaking into turn one. I completely screw it up, and I left a lot of time on the table. So we're going to check back a little later and see where I am on that ranking. Uh, I got another two tenths in there, I think, and Melissa's going to be in charge of keeping Kelly far away from me. <laughs> We'll check back in later and tell you how it went. So Kelly, you got to play some Dead Space 2. We left you alone while you did that so you could absorb and enjoy the whole experience without a lot of inane questions. But now it's time for the inane questions. First things first, what was your sort of initial impression having played it now? Well, I, I, I loved it. Um, I was really glad that the, the demo seems to cover what we've already seen in... Uh, preview trailers for the game so it's it's all in one very small area um, and it doesn't reveal anything that we didn't already know from the trailers uh, but it does allow you to interact it allows you to do a couple puzzles you didn't maybe only caught a glimpse of um, and uh, it was a good long demo too it was good some people it was taking a good 15-20 minutes to beat it I, I ran through it pretty fast because I had I managed to... You've mad skills? Yeah, I got mad skills, and uh, I kind of knew where I was going because I watched some other people before I got to my seat, and I had seen how they had run through things. Um, so I only died twice, which was actually a lot for me. I ran through the entire first game without dying once, <coughs> which I'm very proud of. Um, but... Uh, um, yeah, some of the new enemies are great. Like the uh, there's this spitter creature that uh, that kind of pukes up acid on you, and that was actually my first death. I got I got overwhelmed by one of them, and I literally like disintegrated on the floor, <laughs> which is kind of a great death scene. That's one of the things that's great about the series is they actually put some effort into death scenes uh, as opposed to other places where oh you shot and dead, and your character just falls over, and there's a blood pool. Whereas this, they're like. They'll, they'll actually, like, animate specific death types. Um, like, you know, if you get... Dismemberment. Yeah, dismemberment. Um, you know, like I said... Evisceration. Evisceration. We saw one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, all in all, I was very impressed. Are there any monsters that exsanguinate their victims? Ex... ex, ex what? <laughs> Suck their blood out. Oh, um... Exsanguinate. Yeah. I was like, I know that word. and I, It's completely blanking. Um... We just not don't dismember I, it and eviscerate. Not yeah. that I throw the other awesome death word I knew. Oh, I Some of the monsters will will kind of latch onto your neck and chew. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's so much drinking you, but 
I think that would be a good idea for them to have in there because if you had a guy that was kind of yeah, kind of sucking you dry. Plus, that would be kind of an amazing. To the uh, Twilight crowd. <laughs> no, nobody gets bitten in Twilight <laughs> games or Twilight movies. That wouldn't appeal at all. Those fools. So overall, have they? kept most of the game elements or features or whatever that you liked from the first game? Yeah, they did. Um, it feels a lot like the first game, but it's new environments, new puzzles, uh, new enemies. Uh, even the old enemies, they've kind of they've changed them up a little bit. They have new attacks, they have new uh, models, uh, skins, things like that, and uh, they're, they're not all the same. Like in the first game, it, one type of enemy had the same skin every single time, but in this one there seem to be a few different types. Um, just to you know, change up the look of them, and maybe they don't move different, but they it kind of makes it makes you feel like there's a wider variety of stuff out there. It's kind of nice. Yeah. All right, question for Kelly. <clears throat> Picking one causes the other game to never exist. Not now, never in the future. If you had to pick between Dead Space Two or Fallout New Vegas, what would you choose? So if I pick. Dead Space 2 is the one I want, then the other one never existed and never will. I would pick to keep Dead Space 2. Because they'll make a Fallout 4. <laughs> um, which I'm hoping will be maybe more like Fallout 2 or 1. But uh, Dead Space is a series I really, really want to see going forward because I really like the story I want to see more of what's happening in the in the Dead Space universe what would you say is the, the biggest change they made to the game is it just new environments new puzzles and new enemies or are there actual changes to the the gameplay mechanics the gameplay mechanic is essentially the same as before um, I really didn't see a lot of difference uh, they did have a new weapon but that's not a big thing it's uh, the controls for the character exactly the same which is in a way it's it's very good because you can come into the game and be feel very comfortable with it uh, but on the other hand you know maybe they could have grown a little bit maybe added a little something like uh, I don't even know what but but uh, yeah it felt very much the same I think the big thing that they changed is uh, the controlling in space you can actually, uh, you have little jets on your shoulders now, and you can actually control yourself in a zero-G environment, which is really fun. Um, can get you a little, give you some vertigo if you're not careful, but uh, luckily I knew exactly where I had to go, so I didn't have to fool around with it too much. But it, it looks like, and, and there was also at the very end of the demo, you're battling this big monster on the outside of a spaceship, and... Uh, and that was just chaos. Like, it, it, I think they added, I think they added a whole bunch of uh, these extra kind of almost uh, quick time fights. Except, you know, you, you come out of it and you're actually shooting with your gun and you have your controls. It's not just like button pressing like God of War. So, uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, that sounds great. Probably not going to have a whole lot more uh, game updates for you today because the rest of our day is pretty much going to be spent watching Luke try and win the Forza Challenge. But uh, definitely have some updates for that, and we'll be back soon. <laughs> Before you 
play, read this. Important health warning about playing video games. Gameplay with Connect DM may require varying amounts of movement and physical activity. You know your physical conditions and limitations. Play within your limits. Before starting play, look in all directions. Consult a doctor before using Connect DM if you have any medical condition or issue that affects your ability to safely perform physical activities or you are or may be pregnant, have heart, respiratory, back, joint or other orthopedic conditions, high blood pressure, difficulty with physical exercise or you have been instructed to restrict physical activity. If you experience excessive fatigue, nausea, shortness of breath, chest tightness, dizziness, discomfort or pain, stop using immediately and consult a doctor. Make sure children using Connect TM play safely and within their limits. Photosensitive seizures. For a very small percentage of people, the light patterns in video games may trigger photosensitive epileptic seizures that may lead to loss of consciousness, convulsions, or injury from falling down or striking nearby objects. Parents should watch for or ask their children about the above symptoms. Children and teenagers are more likely than adults to experience these seizures. Stop playing and see a doctor if you experience lightheadedness, altered vision, eye or face twitching, jerking or shaking of arms and legs, disorientation, confusion, or momentary loss of awareness. See a doctor before playing if you or any of your relatives have a history of seizures or epilepsy. Brought to you by the people at Connect TM for Xbox 360. I was right about the Connect. We've got a real problem with the room size issue. You basically have to be standing uh, genuinely 10 feet away from it in order to have it recognize your body well enough to make the menus work. We've got guys, four people, in a, a space set up not unlike an average gaming room in terms of front to back dimensions, and they can't make the menu work. They cannot get the connect to tell it to continue. They can't play the game because they're too close to the machine and it doesn't recognize their arms. As goofy and ridiculous and fun as this game might be, this is a problem and Microsoft's going to have to do something about it or we're all going to have to big, big, excuse me, build bigger gaming rooms. Alright everybody, this is the final podcast update from PAX. We're actually doing this on the road as we are driving home from PAX. I'd like to hear from everybody your favorite game you played, your favorite panel you went to, your favorite moment, the, the best thing about uh, PAX this year. Luke, start us off. I won a really expensive seat and wheel and game. So I think that, that that's the takeaway that I'll probably remember most because it's going to sit inside the house and collect dust. So I would imagine that, that that was probably my favorite thing. Other favorite thing was just, I think, chatting up with some of the developers. I really enjoyed the crazy British guy at Hydrophobia. I liked talking to the marketing guy with iRacing. Um, and there were some other ones I think I talked to at some point. But, oh yeah, the about a blob guys. Um, just being able to talk to developers. Like, I think sometimes we forget that these games are made by people. We think that they just like magically show up on store shelves. And it's it's nice to see the faces of the people behind it. You know, to have the the personal stories of, of what they've gone through or, or what kind of things they've faced in the production of their craft. Very nice. Kelly, how about you? <coughs> Good radio. I was holding that back because Luke was talking. I really needed a cough. Um, I think, yeah, the fact that Hydrophobia was there was really great. I didn't even think that... I didn't even think to think that it might be there, so... 
the fact that it was there was a nice surprise. Um, the fact that I actually got to play a demo of it was even better. Um, but I, I was very pleased that I got to that we rushed to the front of the Dead Space line as well at the opening of Sunday here. And I only had to wait maybe 15 minutes to get onto the machine as opposed to most people who had to wait about two to three hours. So that was a joy. Um, other than that, I also got to see uh, Robin Hunicky, who works for That Game Company, which is probably my favorite uh, development team out there right now. Um, <clears throat> and she was uh, promoting some indie games uh, that most people haven't heard of. But um, yeah, just getting to see someone from game, that game company kind of put uh, stars in my eyes a little bit. Um, so yeah. And for me, I, I'm not a, a very good at the kind of games that were available to be played. So I didn't play a whole lot on the the show floor. I mean, there were a couple of games I could have waited in line a really long time to play, but it just wasn't worth it to me. So, I don't know, game-wise, that was my favorite part of PAX. I really enjoyed some of the panels we went to, getting to hear people talk about stuff in video games. I actually liked listening to the podcasts recordings that we went to, especially the, the second one, the Weekend Confirmed guys. Because um, at least one of them, I don't remember any of their names. So it was the the guy with the beard who likes uh, tabletop games uh, and turn-based computer games. Um, it was interesting to hear people who like video games in a lot the same way that I like video games, and they like a lot of the same games. They like games with good stories or games that are interesting. They're not the the dude bro type gamers, um, which is who we seem to hear from mostly because their voices are so loud and they drive so much of game development but getting to hear the I don't know the educated elitist snobs like myself um, <laughs> it was it was nice it was nice to know that that people whose voices matter in the video game industry actually you know talk sense occasionally and I enjoyed listening to that periodically Luke one of my favorite moments of this entire weekend was earlier this morning waiting in line. My wife is a pretty laid-back, pretty easygoing woman, but today she got close to just busting a kid in the face, which I have never seen before. But there was some stupid idiot next to us who was making all sorts of offensive and retarded statements. And this went on for a good 45 minutes, and you could just see Melissa's blood pressure rising with each stupid remark. At one point, I thought I was gonna have to like grab her and hold her back. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. The <laughs> Yeah, her, her fist kept clenching. It was really funny because you, you could really see like a like a vein throbbing in her temple where she just wanted to take a bite out of him and, and spit him out on the floor and make an example of him to everyone else. To be fair, Luke had much the same reaction when his I idiotic comments started violating the laws of physics. <laughs> so... With that, we, we leave you with some warm, fuzzy thoughts from PAX, and one of these days we'll get around to the real podcasts again, and you can listen to us then. See ya!